Hi, I'm Rico Tice, a pastor of a church called All Souls in London. Most of us wonder, is there something more to life? The Finding More podcast tells the stories of 11 people who asked that question and found the answer. In this episode, we spoke to Katerina. Katerina was unsatisfied with life. For her Sundays, just getting out of bed was a miracle. That was until she was invited onto a Christianity Explored course. Is there something more to life? It's time to find out. When Katerina opens the door, a huge energetic husky dog bounds the door with her. Kate seems slightly flustered. It's hot, and she's just got back from cycling home with her two sons after school. The boys are sitting at the kitchen table, playing games on a cracked smartphone, as Kate fixes a drink. How long have you lived here? I ask, making polite small talk. Oh, we're just staying here for a while, she says vaguely. It's when she starts talking about Sky, the husky, that Kate really becomes animated. I couldn't afford him she admits, but I saw this picture of Skye absolutely accidentally on the internet as I was looking at other things. There was no way I could afford him. I'd separated from my son's father, but we were on good terms that week, so I asked him for the money for a dog for the boys, and he gave it to me. I brought the puppy to the flat, and I realised what a huge task I had on my hands. I didn't know what I was doing. The first day I left him on his own in the flat, and I came home and he'd scratched all the furniture and everything. Kate picked up a phone number from a list of dog sitters in the local pet shop. It turned out she and the dog sitter had mutual friends, and the dog sitter has since become a good friend too. In fact, it's her house that we're sitting in now. Kate and the boys, and Skye, are renting a room for a while, until they find something more permanent. It's amazing how I rang just the right one. The last four years since she became a Christian have been chaotic, she says, but full of mini miracles like this. I think I've stopped being surprised. Katerina speaks with a slight accent that betrays the fact that English is not her first language. She grew up in Ukraine and speaks fondly of summers spent in the countryside with her grandparents, her artistic mother, her friends at school. Later, she studied in Poland and then moved to the UK with her boyfriend. They built up a successful business, had their sons and bought a house. On the surface, things looked good. But inside... Kate felt far from satisfied. I had everything a girl can dream of, but almost never felt happy. I never had enough. I was constantly worrying, scared of lots of different things. I felt lonely and worthless, stressed and depressed, like I was existing without real purpose. I felt that something had to change. The opportunity to change something came in the form of a short text from a new friend, Lisby. Lisby was a mum that I met when my kids were starting school. She knew we were new and was very helpful and we became friends quite quickly. She had four boys and one of them was in my son's class so we would meet at kids' birthday parties and things like that. At the end of the year, she told me that her boys would be going to a different school next term so she wouldn't be around. Then one evening that summer, I received a very short text message from her just saying, Would you like to come to church with us on Sunday? I wanted to keep in contact with her, so I said yes. 
Kate was surprised to discover that Lisby's church met in the school hall. That alone made it very different from the handful of times she had been to church as a child. I always believed God existed, but he seemed so far away. I remember church in Ukraine being kind of boring and scary for children. You get all these sad pictures on the wall and candles burning. I was surprised when I came to Lisby's church for the first time. It was weird, yet I loved the whole thing. The people, the atmosphere, the music. And I was so impressed because they prayed for Ukraine in the service. There was something going on there in the news. And I never would have guessed in a million years that somewhere here in the UK people would be praying for the situation in Ukraine. She continued going along to church for the next few weeks. And then, later that summer, a well-known actor who had struggled with mental health problems committed suicide. At church the following Sunday, the preacher kept saying that if you felt depressed like that, you shouldn't keep it to yourself. You need to talk to somebody. I knew that was what I needed to do. I hadn't really told anyone I had this sense of depression. We seemed like a perfect family. So I told Lisby that, actually, I wasn't fine and needed to talk. She asked if she could meet up to pray with me. As I told her about my life and heard her pray for me, I realised that I needed this God thing too. Lisby's God didn't seem like the faraway God that Kate had grown up with. The pair started reading the Bible together, using the Christianity Explored series. I was fascinated. I wanted to know more and more, and kept asking questions. I had heard of Jesus, but not like this. For the first time, I saw that he's here and he's alive. And you can invite him to be in your life when you accept him as your Lord. You can talk to him any time, anywhere. So at the end of the course, Lisby said to me, Are you ready to accept Jesus into your life? Do you believe that he died for you? And I said, Yes. It was just the two of us in the room, and I said a prayer thanking Jesus for dying for me and asking him to forgive me and be in charge of my life. And then Lisby said, That's it. You've become a Christian. Katerina almost laughs at the simplicity of it. So simple, yet so life-changing. But it didn't fix anything straight away, she adds. It all went downhill. This, it turns out, is, if anything, an understatement. Her partner's drinking habit turned into alcoholism. I stayed with him for about two years, trying to help him with his drinking. But he wouldn't stop. I tried to, you know, tell him about Jesus. And he came to church with me sometimes. People there knew about his drinking and tried to help him too and invited him to things. But in the end, social services said I had to choose between him and the boys. So we split up. Since then, it's been the three of them trying to get by. That was when the church became a lifeline. The couple's house went on the market, but in the months when Kate was waiting for the sale to go through, the family were homeless, staying with various friends from church for a few months at a time. They got a more permanent flat for a while, and bought the dog but now they're staying with a friend again. Because Kate's visa was linked to her partner's passport, their breakup means that she's lost her right to stay in the country. She's submitted her paperwork and her visa could come through any day, or her application could be rejected and they'll be forced to return to Ukraine. For now, though, she can only wait and see. One friend of Kate's described her like this. She just keeps going, no matter what's thrown at her. She's incredible but Kate is clear about what it is that enables her to keep going. 
I've managed two years as a single parent of two, homeless, broke, and not knowing if I can stay in the country my boys call home. But I've never felt shaken, because not for a second has God left my side. He has made me stronger, kinder, wiser, happier, calmer. I know that my Heavenly Father knows me, loves me, cares for me, and always in everything is there for me. And that's changed the way I think about myself and my life. I could talk for hours about big and little miracles that God has done for me. She talks about the Christian friends God has given her to be her family in a foreign country. Places to stay when they needed it. Money that turned up at just the right time and in just the right amount. Sometimes just getting out of bed was a miracle, she says. I would have these horrible mornings when I felt so low. I just didn't want to wake up and I'd pray and then somehow had the best day. Katerina's sons, aged eight and ten, have the same tan skin and blonde hair as their mother. At the end of our time together, she calls them down from upstairs to say goodbye. When I ask them what their mum is great at, there's a pause, and then they answer with comedic timing at exactly the same moment. Cooking, says one. Cleaning, says the other. Kate laughs, bending over with her hands on her knees. She's already told me that she loves cleaning. In fact, It's how she's been making a living since she lost the business she owned with her ex-partner. She cleans houses between school pickups, mainly for friends of friends and people at church. Her love of cleaning and tidying makes sense on one level. She is, by her own admission, the type of person who loves to be in control. Or at least, she used to be. That's why, she says, one of the incidents in the Bible that she kept reading again and again when she was exploring Christianity was this one from Mark's Gospel. That day, when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was, in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waters broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified, and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Mark 4, 35-41 Kate explains why this passage appealed to her. For me, that would be the hardest thing, to stay calm in the middle of a storm. I would have been panicking like the disciples. But Jesus says there's no need to be afraid when he's in the boat, because he's in control. The more I read that story, the easier it became to stay calm in the storms of life. My friends sometimes ask me how I stay really happy when there have been horrible things going on but it's because I know that God is in control. That was one of my favourite parts of becoming a Christian. Giving up control. Before, I had to be in charge of everything and everyone, but now I can give up control. It's not like I don't care anymore, but I don't try to control things in the same way. When the boy's father was drinking, I tried to stop him from drinking the wrong way. Then I prayed that I would be able to give up on trying to control him 
and give his life into God's hands. That really changed my attitude to him and made dealing with him easier. Just remembering that God is in control, so I don't have to be. And it's that knowledge that, she says, is keeping her going now while they're in legal limbo. She and the boys have no idea where they'll be living in six months' time, but she's able to think of the future with an extraordinary calmness. On the prospect of having to go back to Ukraine, she says, The boys were born here, and they like it. And for most of my adult life, I haven't been in Ukraine either. It's not the easiest country at the moment, economically. But I think it's not the end of the world if I have to go back. I don't mind. It would be nice if I could stay. But I know that God is in control, and that's what matters. To find out more about Christianity Explored, visit christianityexplored.org. And to purchase the book Finding More, visit thegoodbook.co.uk forward slash finding more.